now arriving downtown Santa Monica Station. But most importantly, uh, the singer, songwriter, musician Claire Means is with us today. Another yes. guest, Another our first guest. musician. Actually, I was thinking on the way over. Oh. We've had directors and actors and editors and oh, novelists right. and cacao makers. We've had chocolate, chocolate makers, makers yeah. to come in here and talk about their creative process. Claire, welcome to Notes on Your Notes. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. We're so glad you're here. Uh, there, I have so many questions for you. <laughs> I mean, I, I would, I would actually say that you are um, a performing artist. Okay. Uh, you know, because 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 what you do crosses over so many boundaries in terms of like where you perform, what you perform. I mean, and and I have to say, one of the things I found most compelling about your your work as a singer songwriter is your is your videos. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that's. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, it, uh, they can just check you out on YouTube, and and so they can see what yeah. I see. Yeah, you can um, subscribe to YouTube.com/slash/ClaireMeans. I've actually been like a little, that's the social media I've been in a way the most neglectful of because I've been focusing so much on live streaming on Periscope and stuff. But um, I just up, I just released my brand new like danger video, the animated video on my YouTube channel. And I also have some official YouTube videos that are on like other directors channels like my Voodoo Doll. Video. Oh my God, the Voodoo Doll is so is, much fun. Thank you. Yeah, that's a director named Scott Squires made it for me and it's on his channel. So but uh -huh. yes, you can check it out there. But yeah, that was really fun. Both of the videos are really fun. I mean, and then I have a, a couple other videos that my friends made for my song to War and Lucky. They did an awesome job. Um, they're called Deep Structure. And um, that's what their video making name is, company name is. And then I have a friend, um, Derek Mock, who made a couple of videos for me too of Notions of Love and Angels of Freeway. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. You go deep. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I need to do more, you know, like this is the... Yes, please. This is like video, <laughs> I mean, music video day... A song isn't like officially released, I guess, nowadays, unless it has a music video. So, <laughs> but yeah, a lot of, but then I always put out like live video content on mm -hmm. Periscope and, and now on also on Facebook often and YouTube and stuff. So yeah, I'm yeah. always one of the things that was so impressive to me when I was just looking at Claire means as she exists in, on the internet was how committed you are to like producing content for the internet and doing videos and putting your music on lots of platforms and you're on Periscope even during this um, podcast. Like, was that natural for you? Did that, was that an intuitive thing? Like this is like, I feel comfortable and I want to be out there and I want to connect with as many people. Um, well, I guess I, I started off when I started off doing music, like right away, I kind of started um, street performing and busking. And, you know, and I was just doing that all the time and like meeting new people. So, you know, you kind of have to be on social media to keep them connected with you, you know. So then I started pushing, you know, obviously Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff, YouTube. And then uh, I found out about Periscope because someone was Periscoping me while I was performing on the pier. And, you know, I found, I found out like, oh, okay, I, cool, I could do this. You know, I could do what I'm doing every day already but put it on a platform live and you know, it's so much easier than YouTube in a way cause you just like click go live and you, you don't, you know, it's not about editing or like, you know, they see everything, the good, the bad, 
you know, that like awkward conversations with <laughs> people that some might be a little crazy talking to me or, you know, the super mm-hmm. nice people or people coming up and, you know, so it's just, it's, yeah, it's interesting and it's just kind of, you just put it out there. And so since I'm already doing this every day, why not do it online at the same time? <laughs> so, yeah. And then I met a lot of more people through Periscope and, 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 you know, now I just launched my Patreon. So it's just like, yeah, you just, as a musician, you have to be on all this stuff kind of nowadays, you know? Yeah. I mean, a lot of it's free advertising, you know, when you're, you know, putting a Facebook post is people share that. Then, you know, people see, you know, and so, yeah, you just kind of have to hustle (laughs) as a musician nowadays, especially as an independent musician. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. And so you find it, your empire's growing, your empire's growing online by, by... I mean, slowly but surely, I guess (laughs) my empire, it's like, (laughs) it's I don't know if it's an empire yet, but it's a, um, it's a few, uh, it's a small neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe it's a, it's a nice small neighborhood. Um, a lot of us know each other, lots of friendly neighbors. (laughs) Yeah. I just got to keep plugging away and, um, Periscope has definitely helped it grow, uh, a lot. Yeah. And yeah, it's helped me like make a, you know, decent living from music, which is hard nowadays. So yeah, very I'm very impressive. happy. Did you always know that you wanted to be a musician, that this is what you were going to do with your life? No, uh-uh. I did not know what I, I didn't really know what I wanted to be um, as a kid. Um, I, yeah, I didn't really know, but I just started playing music and I just, and then I, <clears throat> yeah, started doing open mics and started street performing. And I was like, oh, well, uh, I like this. And I guess some people seem to like it, you know, bought, sold some CDs and thought, well, maybe I'll just keep doing this. <laughs> is your entry point music or is your entry point words? Lyrics. I was like writing. I so, mean, so like, the lyrics? like my entry point into the, into the creative um, process. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like I started getting in, well, into music because I like writing a lot and, um, mm. and uh, like uh, some, lots of my favorite musicians I'd say are probably better writers than they are musicians or singers, you know, like Bob Dylan, Leonard Cohen. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, some of them are great singers, like Joni Mitchell is amazing singer and writer. And, not, and I'm not saying Bob Dylan or Leonard Cohen are bad by any means, but right. you know, some right. people would say, well, their voices are, you know, yeah. smaller range or whatever. And, yeah. you know, but um, so yeah, I would say like, uh, writing is, is something I love and maybe got me into doing music. Interesting. But yeah, because I never really, I never really thought I'm a singer first. So yeah. you're you're really like a, a poet or a storyteller, and you use the the form of music as a as a as your way to communicate. Is that? Yeah, I li- yeah. I mean, I would say that I usually when I write, I write the lyrics first, mm-hmm. and I often write them out kind of like a poem, and then I try to find a melody, and then I fit it to the melody, and then sometimes the song will change based on the melody. Um, the lyrics will change to be, right. you know, fit the rhythm of it or the rhyme scheme or, and, um, yeah, but it depends. Some songs I've started on a riff, like on the guitar or the piano, I guess. Yeah. But most of the time I start writing them first. Yeah. 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 Just like Leonard. Yeah. 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 Cause yeah. he was a poet yeah. first. Yeah. 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 So you and Leonard, yeah. you're like, me and Leonard are yeah. just like each other. <laughs> yeah. Same creative process. Oh man. Yeah. He's amazing. <laughs> All right. He was amazing. Yeah. His work is still amazing though. I wish I'd seen him live. You know, that's one of my regrets, not seeing him live. I saw him, I saw him live twice. Oh, you did? Yeah. And oh, man. Um, I saw him once at the Wilton, at the Wiltern, and yeah. it was completely sold out, right? And yeah. I, I, for some reason, I had this like really thing of like, I'm going to go see Leonard. So I went yeah. to the Wilton without a ticket, and I just hung out, you know, like where the, in the box office, like, oh, go in line over here. Yeah. So I'm, I'm waiting in line, and this guy is like, you know, hanging out, 
And he comes up to me and he goes, you want a free ticket for Leonard Cohen's thing tonight? And I go, yeah. <laughs> and he goes, he goes, here. And he goes, the person I was going to come with couldn't make it, so we're going to be sitting next to each other. And I was like, wow, thank you. Here, let me at least pay you face value for it or whatever. He's like, no, 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 it's, it's a gift. Oh, man. And so I said, well, let me get you a drink or something. So, and, and check this out. It was second row on the side. Oh God, so I you lucked like, out, man. It was like, and then I, and I got to see him at the Staples Center as well. And oh it, man. It, it, magical. Just, yeah. just, do you feel like you manifested that ticket just purely from your intention? <laughs> uh, I, I do feel like, you know, I, I, I never run out of time and I, ne- I never run out of money. I only run out of intent. <laughs> and I feel like if I really am honest with myself and I keep my full intention on whatever it is, that it will happen. Yeah. That's a good way of... Intention. Intention. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, I am curious about the time you spend busking and playing on the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you feel like you learn from that? Like, because it seems like such a, I'm always admiring. Yeah. Like, I see it in New York City a lot. Like people playing like violin in the subway station yeah. or traveling. I think Elliot's probably very different. Um, but I'm just curious, like, what that experience has been like for you and how you feel. Like, do you like it? How do you feel about it? What have you learned from it? And, and, yeah. and, I, and also toss in Americans versus Europeans. And, you know, cause okay. I, cause I, know, I, know, I know you busk there, too. So. Yeah. Um, and also tell people what busking is. Cause. Well, busking is street performing. I guess that is, like, the more English term for, like, in England or in Europe, busking. Or, um, but, yeah, um, you know, it's one of those things I have to, like, really sit down and think about it. But, I mean, I feel like street performing has taught me a lot. Like about music, about people. Um, it's funny. Like the first thing that came to my mind when you asked that question was actually randomly. Like the first thing that came to my mind when you asked me what have I learned from street performing, it was, I it was kind of my first thought was about that there's like so many nice homeless people out there. <laughs> I don't know why. That's just like the first thing because because like you know when I before I started street performing, I you know you have this like idea of, of what a home being homeless is yeah and then but like certain i started busking like i made so many like so many nice friends out there that are homeless you know and they come to watch me all the time and um it just really changed my perception on homeless people i think actually that's a totally random thought but that's the first thing that popped in my head um it feels like sometimes like people that have the least amount of things have so much to give you know maybe because they not i don't know because but anyway also like it has taught me so much about what kind of songs grab people i guess and in some ways but that also certain people are going to like certain songs and so like i can sometimes i kind of judge like oh, is a group of teenagers like let me play some really catchy rowdy song to catch their attention and then like play some slow thoughtful song to kind of hook them you know so that's kind of sometimes with crowd i usually try to play like a fast song first maybe and then a, like a really slow like more thoughtful song or something it totally depends though you see a romantic couple you want to like throw out a love song um it is yeah i mean um and, and are, we, are, are, we, are we are we are we a lot different like <clears throat> americans over the europeans in terms of like how you um work with us as audience members um Americans versus Europeans. Well, I think that maybe Americans think a little less of street performers than Europeans. Like maybe it's kind of more accepted over there. Um, but there's a lot of people that are super supportive of Americans here. But then a lot of people that support me here are actually Europeans on, on vacation. <laughs> but, but no, no, there's a lot of wonderful Americans. Uh, <laughs> wonderful Americans. Um, but I, I do think because maybe 
this is just, no, I'm like, totally, maybe in America, you know, we're so obsessed with like, how much money do you make? And how, oh, you're not like, as Joni Mitchell says, like the song of hers, like uh, it's called For Free or something. You know, she saw this great, have you heard this song? It's a, anyway, it's about a street performer she sees. And she said he was playing this beautiful saxophone or something. And, and but nobody stopped to listen because they hadn't seen him on their TV. Yeah. You know, and I feel like in America, we kind of think like, it's everything is about how successful are you? How much money you make? Um, not everything. And I love, I love, I love being an American. <laughs> now we're getting this one, <laughs> but you know, there is so much of this like push to be super successful. And I think so sometimes we kind of, maybe if we see a street performer, some people might think, Oh man, uh, they're not doing so well. So they must suck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas in Europe, I kind of feel like it's, you know, there's not so much of that idea maybe mm-hmm. of like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, mm-hmm. of the, you know yeah i mean of course everybody wants to succeed in every country but totally going off on a tangent now (laughs) i mean i love that you know i love about america how we're driven we're like you know you know it's the american dream you know to like succeed and do well so so there's some famous musician i believe i believe was a violinist who went down into the subway and played in one of the subways in new york like no one barely stopped to hear him right because because of the framing device yeah yeah i mean it's it's really i feel like yeah it is really kind of because because part of it has to do with frame in in our world it has to do with something of what I call a framing device. Yeah. So if I have the frame of a subway, I'm not going to look at it in the same way. It's just like if you want to see a Picasso, you don't go to Ralph's. Yeah, you know what I mean. And if you saw a Picasso at Ralph's, Ralph's and it was like yeah. it was like like fifty bucks, you'd probably be like, what a rip off. Yeah, I could like, do, this I is could do Ralph's. better. Why, I could this do should better. be ten bucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, so there is that thing, but then the, on the other side of it, which is, which is, you know, can I can I appreciate the art for the art without having to depend on, you know, the the circumstance, the framing device? Can I can I actually perceive something deeper, not yeah. based on what the external is giving me? And I think the hard part for people who are the consumers, the people listening, mm-hmm. is to release themselves from needing to be primed. Mm-hmm. Meaning, like, mm-hmm. if we look on cued online even and say someone has you know a million listens we assume that there's something right. yeah. about it that maybe has value yeah right until it's you just like at, ha- it's just like hamburgers it's like oh they serve 30 billion hamburgers it must be good it must be good yeah i mean it's crazy <laughs> like, like that's insane yeah when i when i street perform i i can go a, an, an hour with like nobody really stopping to listen but then if one person buys a cd or flash drive uh-huh. next thing you know like three people are coming up you know, and it's like, wait, I was just singing better song. Like I sang my best song like half an hour ago, whatever. You know, I sang one of my like ones yeah. that I think are better half an hour ago, but no one stopped. But because I'm playing now and someone stopped, then other people are like, maybe this person is valuable and I should buy their yeah. song too. Is that part of because we're like have a herd mentality? Oh, is, definitely. Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. but I mean, I think that's like in animals are probably the same. I don't think it's just humans, you know, like we all are just, you know, kind of we have so much stuff going on in our heads. How can we possibly constantly decide like what is good and what is bad? So we get lazy and we're like, Oh, okay. This, this person is attracting this crowd. So they must be good. You know, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like it's, it's hard to make these decisions on our own all the time. I think everyone experiences this on the other side too. When Mm -hmm. someone gives you this album that they ever, they revere and sold millions of copies and you listen to it and you're like, this doesn't do anything for me. And you're like, Mm. and they're like, well, there's something wrong with you that you don't like Joni Mitchell's blue album. Like, and you're just like, well, but there's actually there, there is like, something wrong with if you don't like Johnny Mitchell's <laughs> album. <laughs> I'm, just I'm just kidding. No, no it's interesting because <laughs> totally I think Zadie Smith wrote about this actually in the New Yorker a few years yeah. ago because she was given that album and didn't like it, and she was like, and then I think she came around over yeah. years, but she was just like, sometimes you don't like when you hear something matters, like you know, and like who you are and your tastes. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, there's definitely something wrong with me. Uh, <laughs> so. I think a lot of like musical taste too has to do with like what you're exposed to as a kid, you know? Sure. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, I kind of wonder sometimes like some of my favorite music, like do I just like that because I heard that as a kid or especially as a teenager, you know, you're like growing and, and everything influences you so much yeah. in those years. So, so. so what you just brought up is huge because they did this around food. Yeah. And there's no such thing as the best, I'm going to use mac and cheese. There's no such thing as the best mac and cheese. What 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 people use as their barometer, barometer is the mac and cheese they grew up with. Oh, that's funny. And yeah. so when, when the restaurant serves the, the, the mac and cheese that, that tracks to that, this is the best. Hmm. But if it doesn't track to it, so a lot of people like, probably like that, like craft macaroni. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Like they'll be at a fancy restaurant paying twenty dollars yeah. and They're not like, realizing eh. it's just the craft. The experience. Right. Is I, I was spoiled. My mom was the best macaroni cheese maker in town. Yeah, I mean in the country. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm in the universe. <laughs> she has a secret. The... There's a secret. Of course. Um, what is it? You're gonna tell it's us. It's very simple. <laughs> Your mom um, might be pissed. I can tell. Yeah, I can. Yeah. Maybe I should save this for my patrons. Oh come on, <laughs> come <laughs> on, leak it, leak it. No, this is. She just uses a little bit of mustard in it. It's really good. I think nice. that I don't know if that's so secret. I don't know if a lot of people do that, but people do that with tuna fish a lot too. Oh, really? Tuna fish salad. They put a little oh, just mustard. A, a little mustard. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cooking show. What were you listening to as a teenager? <laughs> I liked a lot of this like folky stuff. Like my 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 older sister um, got me into a lot of like stuff she was into, and, and well, old school country. I mean, all these old things like Jolie. Uh, Dolly Parton, <laughs> Dolly Parton, Loretta Lynn, um, Johnny Cash, Morrissey, um, and uh, then I had this uh, duets from, um, oh my gosh, Marvin Gaye duets. Yeah, like I had a few CDs I like listened to all the time, um, and uh, yeah, I don't know a lot of uh, those were Bob Dylan. Did I say that? Yeah, and Joni Mitchell, all this stuff. Yeah, yeah and. Um, I don't know, just we have a bunch of stuff. Sure. Do you feel like it impacts you when you're songwriting? Yeah, I probably. Yeah. Like, I mean, I listen to Bob Dylan so much, you know, like probably. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the edgier, like a lot of music I listen to. And then like, yeah, Tori Amos. Like I like the edgy stuff. Yeah, there's know? definitely, I was listening to your music and there's much more of an edge to it. Like, and just a very personal nature to a lot of the, mm. so the lyric writing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which yeah, is interesting. Yeah, remind. I always hate it when people are like, "Oh, your music reminds me of." Oh no, it's okay. <laughs> I don't mind as long. But as there was a little bit of that, like Tori Amos, Cat Power. Yeah, sort of like yeah, that edge to it, which I think is beautiful because I like. All Thank those. you. Yeah. Yeah, I just I like the edgy. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I just I like all those like confessional kind of, you know, I like to li be able to listen to a song a bunch of times and then kind of you know maybe like you don't hear you don't really notice a certain line until the 50th time you know what i mean yeah and yeah i always wonder that when you listen to music do you hear lyrics more than melody or melody i think i hear more? lyrics more than melody but like sometimes i like songs and i'm and i'm not sure if i dislike it more for the melody but you know and and sometimes i like hear songs i really like and then not listen to them for a while and then a year later i'll listen to them and i'll be like oh my god like i didn't never notice that lyric that's yeah. really sad or you know whatever yeah yeah so this is maybe a little bit of a segue, an odd question, but I'm always curious about artists who've made their careers as artists. How does your family feel about and how have they felt about your decision to um, be a musician? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my mom, you know, she, she likes my music. She loves my music. She's very, like, proud of me in that way. Um, she's a little worried about, you know, my future. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because, like, you know, I mean, this, 
you know, how are you going to retire? You know, yeah. how, how are you going to keep doing this for the rest of your life? Like, you know, I mean, I think that, you know, parents often have that, but I mean, I'm, we, <laughs> we yeah. Um, but overall, I think she's pretty proud of me and she's amazed that I can actually make a living doing music, you know, yeah. in a way. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely with like the music, the, the industry is just so crazy, you know, how basically everybody can listen to your music for free, you know, on Spotify and Apple music. And it's just like, it's lots of times I'll be playing on the promenade or the pier now and people will be like, Oh, let me buy your CD. Oh wait, you're on Spotify. I'll just follow you there. Yeah. And it's like, thanks for the five cents, you know, yeah. if you listen to the album. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but then there's also cool things though, like Periscope, you know, and, um, Patreon and stuff that are new things that, you know, over the past, like, you know, a few years that help indie artists, you know, and, and, and it's, and it's also interesting because if you look at artists, like, you know, 10, 20 years ago, people, people didn't really know much, didn't, fans couldn't really get to know them like personally as much as now, now, you know, even the big artists, you know, post on social media and, and stuff that's sometimes it's somewhat personal, you know, yeah. and it's like fans get, they kind of crave this like closer, you know, knowledge of, of, of the people, the musicians they like. And, and it's interesting, you know, and it's kind of a nice connection you can make now that you couldn't 10, 20 years ago or whatever yes. as a musician. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, well, what drives you? I mean, like, you know, like when you, when you get to a place where you're like, uh, you know, that moment, yeah. what, what helps you become buoyant again? What, what puts you back on track? Um, well, yeah, I mean, I definitely, because you know, you're a solo performer, you know what I mean? You, yeah. You don't have, you yeah, don't have sometimes a it's backup really, person. You, you don't even have a drummer. Yeah. I do play with a band sometimes, but okay. yeah, but most of the time I don't. Yeah. It, um, yeah, definitely some days I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Where is this going? <laughs> my mom's right. I, <laughs> I mean, how can I keep this up for the rest of my life? <laughs> you know, and, and it's such a personal thing to putting out music that like, yeah. that, you know, if you have failures, it, it, I feel like it hurts that much more than like, say when I was a waitress and someone was like, you're a terrible waitress. And I'm like, so what? I still have my job, you know, <laughs> unless you know what I mean? but now it's like, you know, if someone criticizes your music, you know, um, it, it can really hurt, you know, or if you feel like, oh, that was a terrible performance, you know? Um, and, and some days you just wake up and just think, oh, the music industry, like, what am I even doing? And sometimes some of the characters you have to deal with and the, the connections is just, Artists and, and people who are around artists, it can be very difficult to understand or to trust or to deal, you know, deal with. And, and I, time and time again, I learned that and it's, and it, that can be really tough and kind of like, oh my goodness, I, I see my, my sister who, you know, is a teacher, you know, and it's just such a more straightforward job, although the pay is not good as a teacher, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and the people are just like more straightforward that she deals with, you know, and it's just totally different when you're an artist, you know, it can be crazy and so yeah i can definitely get down about that but i just keep you know the cool thing is i can just keep playing i can just keep going out and you know playing shows playing on the pier playing on the promenade performing on periscope even when i'm don't have shows or i'm away from you know at los angeles i can perform from home and you know just keep putting it out there and and that's really what keeps me going oh my God. i just realized <laughs> something about about how you've created your life you ask no one for permission oh interesting <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, you don't need to like pass an audition. You yeah, don't need that to is ask the cool anyone thing. to do it. You know, yeah. You do, yeah. Uh huh. I mean, I mean, yeah. That 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 is the cool thing about 
you know, doing Periscope or, um, you know, or just going out and street performing and doing yeah. your thing and, yeah. or booking gigs. I mean, you can't get turned down for gigs, but, but yeah, I mean, you can just keep doing it and, you know, people, people might put you down, but you can still keep showing up. Yeah. And I mean, that's the cool thing about being a musician versus something like an actor, you know, yeah. where you have to, yeah. unless like some actors, you know, go show. out and make their own thing happen, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, and that's awesome, yeah. you know, I, it's awesome if you can pass auditions, but that is, that's gotta be hard. Like if you keep getting constant rejection and you're waiting for someone else to give you a job. Yeah. I, and so that is great that like, I can just keep doing it and, yeah. you know. Yeah, no, I was, I'm glad you said that Joshua, because yeah. I was like, there's something about your energy, which I kept picking up on and we have so many people in here, like we've had like we had tanya swirling who's an editor on glow and westworld and all these huge shows and it's like they're part of teams of like 100 200 people yeah to yeah. get something done costing millions tens yeah. and twenties of million yeah. dollars yeah. and you if you want to go share your art you can walk out the door today and do that <laughs> yeah it is cool <laughs> which is really cool i mean it's really great to be part of a community you yeah. know what i mean too like and, but it is great to be able to do stuff on your own and not have to depend on it. See, that's the part that I'm picking up from you is, is mm-hmm. like that that's been one of your um, pillars in terms of, of your development Bec- yeah. because you have no one to ask because all you have to do is pick up your, you know, your axe and go outside and yeah. whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. Were you that's, always so fearless? I didn't, th- I never think of myself <laughs> as fearless. That's funny. I mean. What astrological sign are you? <laughs> I'm an Aries. Are you really? Yeah. Of course. I mean, I just like. I mean, I get, I take things really personally. Like, I don't think I'm like fearless, you know, like I do take criticism or, 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 um, you know, people just don't seem to like me. I I do take it really personally, but I just, you know, I have to keep doing it and I have to keep doing it to make myself happy. (laughs) It's, you know, I mean, like if I didn't keep doing music, I don't think I would have to find something else that I was like really passionate about or else I'd get really sad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm just thinking about you playing for an hour and no one's stopping. Yeah. And you just keep going. I guess I just like, That's well. That's impressive to me. Thanks. It's just like, well, sometimes you got to look at it like, okay, no one's stopping. So let me play some songs that I need to practice. You know, like you have to yeah. look at the upside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, or if I'm on Periscope and no one's stopping live, let me come say hi to my Periscope people, you know, and yeah. interact with them. And um, and maybe things will get better. It's weird. Some will be terrible for an hour and then it'll be good. Yeah. So it's just, you never know. Don't you find though, when you're doing that kind of work and you're you know, doing it essentially for yourself or as a rehearsal or however you want to frame it within your own self. Um, and then if you can pull something up else from inside of you that you start to magnetize other people or other experiences, do you, do you ever play with that? Wait, pull something like like a memory or or, or you or, you you deepen your commitment let's let's okay. say that let's say it that um, way do you know what i'm talking about i don't know <laughs> like so i i'm like in, in the spot where i right. haven't stopped i have someone's no one stopped for an hour right and i'm feeling really down right. but i just like gather the energy be like come on claire do this put out you, this you, or try to connect with other people by eye contact by making little like yeah there's yeah. certain things i do like okay get with the program claire um <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't talk to myself a third person like that. I'm just doing kid with the program, Claire, and I slap myself. I'm like, um, yeah, no, I, I've realized there are certain tricks with street performing. A lot of it is not just like the songs you're putting out there or your voice or your guitar playing. A lot of it is people want that connection. Like that's mm-hmm. what makes them stop. So you got to make eye contact, but not in a scary way, right? <laughs> and especially if there's a couple, do not make eye contact with the guy alone like especially make contact with a woman like i'm making contact with you but not in a scary way but i realized that too you don't you don't i mean i 
you got to think about these things like because you don't want to be disrespectful you know and that also might scare off the couple so especially make eye contact with a woman hi i'm singing this song for for you you know mm-hmm. and for and, and look at the guy and, and for you but not too much that it's you know <laughs> and um yeah i don't know and then sometimes tell a story before the song and mm-hmm. that can get people to stop and listen oh that's interesting yeah so those are some ways to like magnetize mm-hmm. if that's answering your question yeah. i don't know yeah yeah um tell a funny story uh to tell people thank you for sending it for, for giving a tip ah mm-hmm. i start to say thank you mm-hmm. and yeah i don't know yeah you're fiery. I mean, you you have red hair, but you but you're also like really fiery on the inside, aren't you? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I guess so. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. I I mean, I'm. Uh, I think I'm like pretty calm. Like, I rarely lose. Oh, this my is temper. calm. This is calm. I know. This is. But calm this is calm. Okay. okay. But I mean, calm. And <laughs> I talk really fast. I know. Uh-huh. I like talk really fast. I don't know why. I've I've always been told slow down. Um. Yeah. Yeah. My uncle from. Alabama's like, whoa, girl, you talk really fast. Because um, we're really slow down here. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know why I talk fast. Uh, but I, I don't think of myself as fiery. I just, I get easily excitable, like, you know, when I think of ideas or whatever. Um, but I don't think I lose my temper too badly. Yeah, fiery and me. Yeah, because people sometimes mean... like assume like. No, I don't mean that. Like, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, I know, yeah, but yeah. some people I think assume. You also mean I... in like the passionate sense. Oh, like, absolutely. Like being yeah, connected yeah, yeah. to your inner passion is yeah. a really important priority. Yeah. For Consuming. It's funny yeah. though, because when I'm around my like my yeah. my older siblings, they're like way louder and more intense than me, and I'm no. like quiet and. You're quiet in your family. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I am. Thanksgiving would be for for insane. my siblings. Like, yeah, I'm like. My... Not an extended family, but yeah, yeah, I don't know, but they're really intense. <laughs> wow, good to know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, when I come over, you know, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Uh, we know that making videos is important for you as well as just as your songwriting. Mm-hmm. And we were looking earlier at you did an animated video recently for yeah. a song. And it was so cool because you went ahead and sketched out all the characters, almost like storyboarding it yourself. And then you worked with an animator. Do you want to talk a little bit about like how that idea came to be and how that process was for you? Yeah. Um, So, well, I was thinking like, I really need a music video for my latest album. And I just thought, well, I want to do something different. Um, Because it's so hard with a music video a lot of my songs are like serious and a lot of them are slow. That's the faster song, but you know, and, and sometimes music videos, I feel like they do really well if they're like add a little elements of humor and just something clever, you know, but with like some of the slower, sadder songs, sometimes it can be kind of videos can maybe border on cheesy, you know, and, and, or just be kind of boring. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, I like slow, sad songs, but you know, for the average, like the average person looking on YouTube, they want something to catch their attention. So anyway, I thought, well, okay, do an animated video for, um, for danger. And, um, and yeah, one of my, one of my, uh, Periscope friends here, actually, um, he helped me find the, uh, company. And so then, um, we had like a conference call and talked about it and uh you know kind of gave a budget 
and they're like, you know, they're like, well, we'll see. <laughs> Animation is expensive, you know. So, but um, so so then, but then I met with the then I met with the animator, <laughs> and um, yeah, but basically for the front preliminary idea, they'll be like, that would be a lot of money. I'm like, no, okay, we can't go beyond this, you know. And so then I met with the animator, and we talked, kind of talked about it some more. I had this idea that the bad guys were going to be aliens. Uh, and actually, actually, that came from my my, my friend George, who um, had the idea that the bad guys would be aliens. But they're like, well, why don't we make them snake men? <laughs> and um, so, and I was like, okay, well, that's a cool idea. And but we still didn't have a plot. And I was like, he was like, well, we'll just have you wandering around Hollywood. And I thought, no, it needs to like, there's something. Well, we had a, this crazy plot at first, but that was the one that was going to be super expensive for. Oh, yeah, we're aliens, and I, I don't know. I, maybe I shouldn't give away that plot because maybe I'll do yeah, something with that in the future, yeah, it's right? Good, right? But anyway, um, so then, okay, snake men. I thought, okay, so the bad guys are snake men. They're working at Reptilian Records. Um, so I just start. I couldn't come up with like a, like, and I had the idea of yeah, these people of 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 them turning uh, musicians into sheep, right? <laughs> but I I didn't really know. I said it wasn't a plot. So then I just like you know what? I need to start drawing. Mm-hmm. Like I just. I think my sister, I was actually visiting my family time. My sister was like, let's just start drawing, you know, and see where it goes. So I did these little drawings. That's what I showed you guys. That's what I'm going to show my patrons is the original drawings, right? They're amazing. <laughs> They're so much fun. I thought that was the end product, but you're like, no, this is <laughs> no. the quick sketch. You got to watch it. No. Oh, my the God. The end product, you got to watch it on YouTube. is way better than that. That's terrible. But anyway, so I started drawing it, and then I was like, okay. It actually really helped. You know, I started drawing the drawings, and then... I'm like, okay, so then, you know, then we go to Reptilian Records and then we meet the guy and, oh yeah, he has this balloon because plastic hearts and he's a heart balloon. That's a plastic balloon and plastic heart. And then it, you know, pops and yeah. So I just started drawing it and I basically got the whole plot um, from that. It just like came to me kind of, you know, after that, like then, um, I mean, it's really not that complex of a plot, but anyway, <laughs> but it, it kind of all, I kind of was able to fi- fit in all the stuff I wanted to hit on and it, in it, in a simpler way than originally thought. And then I sent that to them and they're like, okay, we can work with this in your budget. And yeah. in your budget, that's funny. Hey, yeah. Do aliens cost more in your budget or? Is well, that- I think the original idea was, was a little more like complex, oh, but, but yeah, so they did a great job. I mean, and I'm, they did an amazing job. I'm super, the company's called Zookeeper. They did an amazing job and, um, yeah. And I'm very happy with the end product. Very happy. And, you know, it was like, they would send me little clips and I'd say, well, okay, could, could this be a little faster paced or could this, we'd see a close up here or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, Although I didn't realize, like that's stuff they usually cut in later. He was like, "Well, we were going to do that, but this was anyway." So yeah, you sent me clips. You sent me sent me like the mock up of the mm-hmm. character. My first, the first character they drew of me, I was like, "No, I didn't." I felt like I was like, "No, that doesn't look like me." <laughs> I was way too tan. I, 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 it didn't. I, you know. But so, so there's certain things I'm like, "No, I'm pasty. I'm really pasty white." You gotta understand. Mm-hmm. It won't look like me unless you like make me look like a ghost, basically. <laughs> um, yeah. So we just like went back and forth. We got the main characters done. And then they sent the like some clips of ideas, and I'm like, okay, this is cool, but maybe could this happen instead? And this and mm-hmm. and um, yeah, the snake men at first, like where I'm like, no cobra head, we need a cobra head. There's some the first snake men looked a little phallic or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway, so then um, yeah, and then we just kind of went back and forth and that, and um, 
And then I, then we had kind of a finished product, but I was like, there was this muted color scheme and I thought it really needs to be bright color scheme, bright, bright colors. And, um, and then I kind of thought, well, what if it's like this trippy, like changing colors in the background, mm. you know? So, mm-hmm. so we did that and that, that was, you know, that was easy, easy to do, I guess. For, I mean, I don't know if it was easy to do, but they did it. And, yeah. <laughs> um, I was scared. I was scared. I'm like, Oh, they're going to ask me for more money, <laughs> but no, they're, they, they're like, no, we can do that in your budget. So, so yeah, they were really great. I recommend if anybody like wants to do animation, the company is called zookeeper. Wow. They've done stuff for like Conan O'Brien and NBC and stuff like that. Oh, so oh, yeah. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. Do you, this was their, f- oh no, they've done. Anyway. So, so just to, just to, and then, what you just described is that you came on board on that project as a writer, a producer, a director, an art director, um, an editor. I wouldn't give myself that much credit. No, but but, but you you look through those lenses when you, Mm -hmm. you can't make the notes that you just made without having that like sensibility. Yeah. And I also have to give a lot of credit to George too, actually. Um, George um, at Zookeeper? My my friend, my friend George, um, he is super helpful for me, like on Periscope and, and, you know, it just, I mean, it's just in general, I was like, but giving me a lot of feedback with stuff career wise. But yeah, he, he and I would like, I would send him like, what do you think of this? Can oh, I ask for this? So yeah, him and, um, Dave from Zookeeper. Okay. And so then there's like, another guy that works for Zookeeper too. And I can't remember his name, but I most, all my correspondence was with Dave and George. So George and Dave, George and Dave. I okay. mean, yeah. It, uh, yeah. So, so, um, so the three of us, I'd say like came up with most of the ideas and stuff like that. That's great. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I mean, the animation like really took it to another level. Like the zookeeper animation was like, you know, yeah. was was definitely what made the video um, awesome. Yeah. In terms of writing your music and preparing for an album, right, to put together an album, do you actually set aside time to songwrite or is it more just sort of a spontaneous, intuitive process for you? Yeah, honestly, it's like a spontaneous process oftentimes. Like... I kind of want to learn to do it, like sit down and do it, you know, and actually like session musicians do in studio time where they sit down and everyone has a writing session. Yeah. And I want to do, I want to do that. Like I, I, cause I I would be cool and it it helped me put out more stuff, you know, if I could learn how to do that. I mean, I could do that. I did that for, I did a kid's music album, two kids music albums actually. And I had like assignments, you know, for each song. And I really love that because like it made me write this song. And of course it's kids music, so it's very simple, but, but, um, and my song, like my song from my, album War for Love. I have a song called Look Who's Lucky Now. And um, uh, my friend and I wrote that to pitch to this like movie. This It didn't, but we ended up not pitching it because it, the company wanted to own it or something. Like it was this weird thing where they wanted to own part of the song and we were like, no, we like the song. So actually, and the chances it might not even make the movie and would they own, you know, it was like an indie movie. It's like really how much exposure would it bring? And then they'd own part of the song. So, um, so we wrote that like w- with an assignment and basically that was about a woman who's overcoming struggles was like the general idea of what we had to write about. So I, I like that when having the assignments, right, I, the assignments. I, I would definitely like love to do that more. If someone said, we have this TV show, just throwing this out there, <laughs> this TV show. And we really need a theme song about this, that, and the other, you yeah. know, I mean, like, uh, what's that, what's that show? Orange is the New Black, Regina Spector did that awesome song for that. I don't know if that was written for it, but if the jing- the mm-hmm. theme song for the theme it. Song. The yeah. animals, the animals or something. Yeah. It's really cool. And I don't know if she wrote that for the TV show or not, but but yeah, I would definitely love to have that or a movie or something. But is most it... of my writing is spontaneous. It's kind of about stuff going on in my life or things I see. Where do you like to write? 
your music? I write it wherever. Yeah. I mean, it just wherever it comes to me, I guess. So I don't really have a special place. Um, yeah, I don't. I just. If you hear a melody as you're walking, will you? I did. Yeah, recently actually. It? I mean, yeah. Usually I start with lyrics, but there are certain times where I put down a melody in my phone, and half of, I mean, ninety percent of them I never listen to again. <laughs> Maybe one of these days I'll listen to it and like actually make a song. But yeah, um, yeah. When I, yeah, like I remember when I was in Nor, I did this tour in Norway recently, and I was walking through the woods there, and when I, I um. And I came up with a melody and I was singing it in the phone. I didn't have any lyrics for it. And, but that rarely happens where it's just like a melody for me in my head without an instrument, without lyrics. So I was just like making up nonsense lyrics and recorded into my phone. Hmm. Nice. I don't even know where they are now. It's called like uh, Memo 259 or whatever. <laughs> I don't know, you know. So, um, How do you feel about opening that guitar case and playing some music? Right? Oh, yeah. Okay, sure. Right. Let's see. Oh. <laughs> um, Wow, this is happening live. This is happening live. live. And so spontaneously. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So maybe just tell us the name of the song you're going to play for us. Okay, so this song has not been released yet. Uh, Yeah, well, I've played it on Periscope a bunch and stuff, but I have a couple new songs that I will be releasing on Patreon first, coming soon. So if anybody wants to find out those, pledge to my Patreon. This week I'll be releasing a new song. But this, this one is... I've already played on Periscope, but has not been released on Spotify or anything. But there's a YouTube video of it playing it live. This one is called Loveless Man. When I was 10, my mama loved a man who had no heart, I couldn't understand. He didn't love my mama and he didn't love me And my ten-year-old heart would break at the seams My two years have gone by in your bed And I realize that you're just like him But there's a sickness in me that loves a sickness in you Yeah, there's a sickness in me that I can't understand Cause I love a loveless man Now, Mama, I understand Cause I love a loveless man Now, Mama, I understand Now, Mama, I understand to your tough, your strong little girl. Well, she ended up like you in a loveless world. But there's a sickness in me that loves a sickness in him. Yeah, there's a sickness in me that I learned at 10. Cause I love a loveless
Thank you, Claire. So, thank you, thank you. Wow, that was powerful. You just sprayed. Who, we have so many studio. questions. <laughs> oh, like, wait, I thought you were gonna say. I, I thought you meant I like sprayed like I spit. You sprayed your art. Sprayed the art all over the walls. All over the walls. It's permeated. <laughs> that was beautiful. Thank, thank you. you. What an thank inspired you. everything. Thank you. Story and music. And Do you want to talk a little bit about how that song came to be? How that song came to be? Well, um, I guess I was I was dating someone that <laughs> that seemed like uh, emotionally unavailable you know it wasn't like uh, i mean it, it it wasn't an abusive relationship by any means or anything you know um but so i although if i do a music video for it you know you know maybe i'll because because there there's there's a anyway so yeah i was basically dating someone that was just kind of you know just didn't love me i guess <laughs> and wasn't emotionally there you know i think going through a really tough time they're very depressed you know and and um but there are certain mannerisms in this person and facial expressions like that reminded me, even though they're too, it, it, even though they don't look alike at all, um, but reminded me of someone my mom dated when I was a kid hmm. that was just kind of, I really disliked, uh, that was very like, you know, not, not emotional at all and kind of just... I felt like didn't like me as a kid, you know, and didn't really like my mom. I remember once because my mom had said, um, she asked him like, so we've been together, you know, you know, seven years or whatever. Like, do you love me? <laughs> and he's like, well, or, we, you know, do you love me? He's like, well, we've been together seven years. So I guess that's something like that was like his answer, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. Something like that. So anyway, God, that was probably too personal. So. No, that's okay. <laughs> but anyway, you know, I mean, we all have been bad relationships sometimes, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was just similarities between between the person I was seeing at the time and, and it was just weird. Yeah. Like mannerisms and everything was just like, Whoa, this is, this is trippy. Cause this reminds me of that person. You know, how could I totally, love yeah. someone that I hated so much as a child? <laughs> um, sounds, I didn't, that sounds about right though. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, but there's all, you know, these kind of people are complex. Like there's things to love about them. You know, everybody, and nobody's just bad or just good. I mean, some people are definitely more bad, and more, but I think most of us are, you know, pretty, balance both batch of both and sometimes you're with a partner that just doesn't bring out the best in you i i definitely think the person i was with was not as bad as the my mom's ex-boyfriend <laughs> actually <laughs> but yeah so it's basically like what am i doing i'm, I'm repeating this yeah and yeah. then i'd written the first part and then i kind of didn't like the song i was like that i was like well first of all it's short and i felt it was too simplistic and then i was like you know i need to make this song about kind of not saying no i'm not going to do that you know, so then I added on the last part later because I felt like I, in myself, I didn't want to be like, oh yeah, now I understand. I'm just like you, the end, you know, mm -hmm. I didn't want to be like that because I don't think that's who I am. So I added in the part like, you know, I'd already broken up with him, you know, and then I added in the part like, yeah, I'm not going to take this anymore. So, mm. yeah. What so I guess it's kind of personal song. Yeah. Well, hopefully <laughs> most songs are personal. Yeah. yeah. I guess you can write like Margaritaville. But maybe that was. You said Margaritaville. <laughs> yeah. I'm, maybe that was deeply personal. Per <laughs> maybe that was deeply personal. I think he was. You know, he wrote a novel. Did he really? Jimmy Buffett. Oh, did he? I oh, think wow. he wrote a novel. Huh. I bet Margaritaville's personal too. Uh, if you yeah. ask him, it's probably yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. He's wasting away and again Margaritaville. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Looking for his lost shaker of salt. I mean, <laughs> some people say there's a woman to blame, but he knows that it's his own damn fault. <laughs> but there's some deepness in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Malcolm Gladwell had an episode of Revisionist History, which is a podcast last year, all about how country music 
essentially has much greater depth than popular American music. Yeah. And how about how it's far more personal mm. and how it explains a lot more about America than pop, yeah. pop music. Huh. And it was, it was, was kinda, this a book of his or an article? It was a, he has an, a podcast called Revisionist History. Oh man, I got to follow yeah. his podcast. Yeah. I like his books. I mean, I yeah. read them a while ago, but. He has a new music one. He's obsessed with music. Oh really? Yeah, wow. Like, oh, wait, a book on music or he has a new podcast just about music. Oh really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, I gotta follow that. Um get on the show, man. I know. Yeah. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well you've been on notes I'm, on your notes. I'm ready, so. Malcolm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say something. Yeah, you had you had a thought there. I was curious what your recording process is like. Oh, my recording process. Um so my recording process is uh <laughs> Well, every time is a little different. Well, the last album I worked on, like with um, three different producers, Danger, I did with one producer, um, but he was more expensive. And also, yeah, it, it, so anyway, he uh, I did a Danger with him. And then um, three of the other songs I did with it, um, this one song called Chipocracy and Master Manipulator and Fiery one, I did with another producer. Um, and then the rest of the songs I did with a third producer. And um, can we back up? Cause I, I think a lot yeah. of people outside of the music world don't have no idea mm -hmm. this relationship that you're talking about, which is that musicians, song, singer songwriters go out and they source and find producers who they feel can take their music yeah. and through arrangement and recording and can really make it into something better yeah. and unique and completely theirs. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was kind of curious, like when you go out and look for a producer to work with and you go into record, what do you look for? Man, it's so, it was, it was hard to find a producer. Like, I feel like I, the producers I worked with, I kind of just f met through friends of friends, you know? Um, and I just tried out stuff with them and see how it went and then continued to work. You know, it, it it's, it's, it can be an expensive, um, uh, experiment though. You know, I, I did, I did record a song with um, another producer that I ended up not using a version of Shipocracy. So, you know, it's like, there's that and that, the, you know, and, you know, costs money, you know, it's a start over from scratch. Is it, is but, it learning in the sense that like, okay, we tried using strings here. We used an electric guitar and recorded it this way. Mm -hmm. And I learned what that sound is going to sound like with my voice and it doesn't work for me. Or we use this microphone set. Like, I'm curious, it's, like, is there a learning or is it like, it's a bunch of different things. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, you, well, with the, once you find a, I think a lot of finding a producer is just like finding someone that, you know, you work well with, that you get along, that they, they have ideas and they also listen to your ideas and, um, yeah. And, and they're, and they're willing to make revisions and stuff. Cause sometimes like, you know, you have to be kind of picky and some, you know, and then you, you kind of have to decide on the budget, how much yeah. each song or if it's an hourly thing or if it's each song and then, but sometimes, you know, you'll work with a producer and they're like, okay, this is too many revisions. Like you're going to have to pay a little more for this. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Which I understand, you know, cause, but, but you got to figure out what, yeah, what works for you and in, in your budget. But, um, and then, yeah, I mean, I, it was a long process cause like I had songs and, and then I found actually other, I decided to add strings like when I'd been working my album for a little bit and, um, I got some awesome violin tracks from, from two different people. And I'm totally blanking on one guy. Um, but one is my friend, Michael Starr. Um, he did the strings on my album from a song, Bobby and Guts. And um, 
that that really I feel like that like really you know yeah. helped the song a lot. And then there's another guy, and I'm totally blanking on his name right now. Oh my gosh! Um, but I found him through my friend Soli Mora. Um, he's done the strings for like Macklemore and stuff. And um, at the time, he was pretty reasonable. I, I don't know if he's more expensive now because he's had a lot of success in that. But um, he did the strings for my song "Buried in Your Dreams" and "Fiery One." But yeah, the strings really can sometimes they can be too much too. Yeah. You know, like you definitely with recording, you add on a lot of stuff, and then you're oftentimes you're like, "Whoa, this is." too much going on so let's take out this take out this take out that there's a lot of stuff that i mean that was recorded that was never used you know yeah well i mean it's such a process because i would especially think for you who has so much experience just with vocals and guitar yeah and the intimacy of that and then you go into a studio and you have well we can do this and we can do that we can make it like bigger in this way and And you don't want to overdo it i feel like See, Some of the best stuff is the simplest. But see, here's production. the thing. Here's the thing is that in terms of the development work that we do, is that this is a key phase. Like you have to go through the phase of like fully loading something, yeah, and then having that experience, and then and then it's a process of shedding, and shedding and shedding and shedding, and then the echo of what you had will still be there, even though it's not there. Yeah. And it's really an important part that I feel like a lot of artists leave out. Like they, they want to cut to the end product as opposed to allowing this full, mm, this full flowering and then tr- and then doing a trim. Yeah. I guess that was like my, my question a little bit was like, did you see value in that stuff where you're just like, ugh, that was five thousand dollars I can't get back. <laughs> like, um, like, did you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, or did you just go straight both? to judgment? Yeah. Both, I yeah. guess. I mean, you kind of. I did do a Kickstarter for my last album and I I raised a fair amount, so that was nice. Like. I didn't have to worry as much, but it's still like, oh my God, that's a thousand bucks. You know, it's still, I mean, I added strings to, oh my gosh. Yeah. And I forgot, like I even paid for strings to be added to a master manipulator magnet. I I tried it with both violin players. Yeah. You know, that was, that was a few hundred bucks. Didn't use it on either one because it made it sound it did not work with the song at all. Yeah. It made it sound, yeah, I, it made it sound like a folk, like, uh, I don't know, I don't know, like a Russian folk song or something. It just totally changed the vibe. Right? And, that, and then it ended up sounding like, now it sounds like it has these like Western sound effects. So it's a totally like a Western, I don't know, kind of like Old Town Road. Not, not really. Um, but anyway, so yeah, definitely. A lot of times I'm like, there's money down the drain for sure. Um, <laughs> but everything is a learning. You've got to know that going into recording that you're going to waste a lot of money. <laughs> no, it's not a waste. It's totally not a waste. It's, it's, it's a learning thing. I think it's, yeah. you have to look at it like that. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Now it's, now it's been, it's funny when you're in the recording, the album thing, it's just absorbs your head constantly and you're always listening to mixes and, and then asking, try to ask some people like, will you listen to this? Tell me what you think. And, <laughs> and I have only a few people I can ask that and I, I'm sure they get so sick of it. And it all starts to sound the same, you know? You listen so much and you can't even Yeah. You can't even figure it out anymore. Everyone I know experiences that. Even yeah. my writer friends, like you've read the draft so many times and it's just like you don't even There could know. be a glaring mistake and you you're yeah. you totally it's, miss you it. You can't see it. Yeah. Yeah. And the only way over. is to find people you trust and then to be able to somehow come around and see their perspective. Yeah. Fresh. Yeah. You need fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you wanna take us out with one more song? 
Oh, okay, sure. Do you, you, Let's see which song. I I, I, the, the, what, yeah, while you contemplated that, I have to compliment you on your lungs. I mean, you have an amazing range. And oh, I, thanks. And I love your vocal power. It's fantastic. Oh, thanks. And your full commitment to all that you're doing. It's just Thank you. amazing. And, and you know, for some reason, you remind me of like one of those original troubadours, you know, who would just go around the world, you know, the, oh. you know, you know, sharing their music. Yeah. Up until like 1900 or whatever it is, 1850, the only music we ever had in in, in our life was was live. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. And <laughs> only in the last 100, 150 years, yeah, do we have music on demand. Yeah, and it's and it's somehow you 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 bring that to me in terms of like that authenticity and that personal uh, touch. Oh, thanks. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. There is okay. definitely an intimacy to your voice. Yeah. Thank you. Oh wait, I forget. You're oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Th this is going to be a. You, you get three mics on you. Isn't that exciting? That is so exciting. Yeah, yeah. Does it feel funny. good? It's like, yeah, I've arrived. <laughs> yes. I'm in a West Hollywood studio, and two guys are holding three mics to me. Fun stuff. Okay. And also, yeah, let me give a plug. Can I give, fi find me on social media, you know, like yeah, Facebook. Inst I'm, I'm just Claire Means on all social media. Claire without an I. And Means, like Claire Means Business. So I would say that's so a C-L-A-R-E-M-E-A-N-S. And you want to find me on you know, YouTube or Instagram or Facebook. I go live on those places a lot in Periscope and all the time I go live and Twitter and stuff. So yeah. Okay. And Patreon, of course. Okay. Here we go. I'm drowning in the darkness. I am looking for the light. But it seems everything I thought I knew has disappeared from the sights. Cause in the land of the fakes and frauds, if you're real, you feel real odd. Plastic people with plastic hearts, they'll play you like a deck of cards. You keep calling
thank you, thank oh, you, thank yeah. you for sharing your art and your heart and your thank you inspiration and thank you and your delightful energy. Oh, thanks. You guys yeah, are delightful. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. thank and if you. people want to hear you live, where would they find you? Um, Do you post yeah. on your website on social? Yeah, on I post point? on Facebook and Instagram if I'm playing shows and stuff. You know, I post on Facebook, Instagram, and if you and follow me on YouTube. I go live on YouTube and stuff if you want to see me over the interweb um yeah you can follow me on periscope i'm on live every day youtube i go live once a week facebook i go live once a week and instagram so yeah just search my name c-l-a-r-e-m-e-a-n-s claire without an i yeah. awesome claire, thank you so much <laughs> thank, thank you. you so much for thank having you. me guys this is fun awesome. thank you